0: Our scripture readings today are two familiar stories.
1: First, the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem from the Gospel of Matthew.
0: Then a portion of the Passion story, and this one will also be from the Gospel of Matthew.
1: Listen for God's word. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey.
0: Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many accusations they make against you? But he gave them no answer, not even a single charge. So even the governor was amazed.
1: The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven.
0: So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing... But rather that a riot was beginning, he took some water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Then the people as a whole answered, His blood be on us and on our children. So he released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified.
1: When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The people, the crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee.
0: Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him and mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews. They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Did you see the parade? I hope you didn't miss it. The children lined up in the narthex and let it into the church. You were up here reading about it, Richard was, but I got to be in the parade. Palm Passion Sunday includes one of our favorite rituals. We hold our palms high and we wave them to honor Jesus, our King. Today we get to use our outside voices inside and hold a parade right down the middle of the church on the red carpet. The kids are better at all of this than the adults, but we have the opportunity to enjoy the parade just as much as the children do. As we read the story about the shouting and the joy, we try to feel the same excitement today when we wave the palms and we have the parade. Today we want to be a part of this parade.
0: Having Palm Sunday's liturgy split with the passion story has been suggested for quite a while. I remember when it came out on the Presbyterian liturgical calendar and I thought, (laughs) well, that seems kind of silly. It seemed redundant to me to have the stripping of the church and a passion theme on Palm Sunday when Good Friday was just a a few days away. But I've shifted in my thinking for a couple of reasons. One, not everyone gets back to church for the Good Friday tenebrae service with the, the darkness, the betrayal, the story of the brutal crucifixion if we move from the the joyous waving of palm branches and shouts of hosannas directly to the joyous celebration of resurrection, we have lost some sense of how awful, how sorrowful, how hopeless Christ's death on the cross was, which also means to to some extent we we miss out on some of the power of God's life-transforming, world-altering act of resurrection. Also, the swift transition from waving palms to stripping the church reflects in some ways how quickly the disciples shifted in their allegiance. One minute, they are sharing the Passover with Jesus. Just a few minutes later, they are are literally and, and figuratively in the dark at the Garden of Gethsemane. And in just a few short hours, Peter is denying Christ three times. I suspect as they looked back, it seemed as if their betrayal happened in an instant. In our worship today, a litany and hymn abruptly shift our focus from the ritual of waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna to darkness and shouts of crucify Him, a reminder of how fleeting our faith can be and how easily we turn from Christ.
1: The children started asking Jeanette Heinemann about waving the palms weeks ago. They were full of anticipation and excitement because they knew all about the ritual of waving palms and having a parade. They knew they would be leaders today in worship, waving the palms, leading the parade, and then later singing. I love this day because we have the opportunity to not hold back our joy for fear of being too loud or too exuberant. This is hard for me. (laughs) Although as good Presbyterians, you weren't maybe as exuberant as you could have been either. We learned to use our inside voices a long time ago. I want to be just as excited. I know Holy Week is coming, but I don't want to lose the joy and energy and, of this moment because Jesus is a part of this parade. Today's parade in Denton, Texas. I want us to wave our palms and show Jesus that we are all in. That his people are ready to praise and shout, join the parade every year. Today, this moment is the time to memorize and shout the words, wave the palms, and say Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna, in the highest.
0: In a little while we will engage in the ritual of stripping the church. As we sing the final hymn, some of our youth will come forward, tip over the candlestick holders, tilt the baptismal font, and cover the communion table and font with black. It symbolizes the darkness of betrayal and death that will soon arrive. The ritual of stripping the church claims its name from the moment when the soldiers humiliated Jesus by stripping Him of His clothes and putting a robe on Him and a crown of thorns on His head. As you heard later, they strip Him of His robe and put His clothes back on Him. In their actions, the point is made, they can do anything they want to Him. He is helpless before them. He chooses to give up his power in the moment. The helplessness of Jesus on full display as the soldiers strip him of his clothes and his dignity and lord their earthly power over him. When you hear this story, perhaps you recognize in yourself the soldiers who helped strip Jesus. Or maybe you see yourself more like Peter, Who denies he even knows Christ. Or or perhaps you imagine yourself more like one of those disciples who disappear from sight at this point in the story. Or maybe you find another entry into the darkness. Wherever you find yourself in the story, the darkness prevails and reminds each of us that the whole world turned against Christ that night. On Good Friday, we lay claim to the darkness of the crucifixion. But in stripping the church today, we provide a visual symbol of the dark moment when Jesus gave up his power and submitted to the sin and power of the world. The dark moment that moves us toward the cross.
1: When the people celebrated Christ's entry into Jerusalem thousands of years ago, they get it right. Jesus sent the disciples on a mission to get what he needed, and they didn't hesitate. They handed over their fear, their need to control their hesitancy to act. They went and got the donkey and colt and brought them to Jesus. The people get it right when in joy and excitement they hand over their coats, throwing them on the donkey and then on the ground for Jesus, their king. The people get it right when they wave the branches, spread them on the road, and shout, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. They get it right when they answered, Who is he? by answering, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. I think we can get it right too when we aren't silent. We get it right when we stand with Jesus who is standing for those on the margins with no power, no privilege, and no voice. We get it right when we use our voices to praise Jesus and to speak for the people who can't shout because of their fear and their unwillingness to draw attention to themselves. The people get it right so many years ago when they let their voices of joy be heard throughout the city, witnessing to the one who was riding in on a donkey. The parade was loud. The people unrestrained in their joy, the parade was for everyone. Still a reason to shout with exuberance.
0: Jesus gets it right when he submits to the humiliation of the world. By getting it right, I mean he lives out his calling as God's way of transforming the world by offering a new way of understanding power. The way of love that responds with vulnerability and peace instead of reacting with violence and bloodshed. Jesus gets it right when His actions set the stage for both crucifixion and resurrection. He knows that to discover the power of resurrection, there first has to be a death. And He accepts that He is the one who must die. We get it right when we hear the crowd shouting, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! and recognize our complicity in the sins of the world instead of pointing out all those others who turned away from Jesus. If we only blame others, we never recognize our need to turn back to God, our need to change our ways. We get it right when we look to the darkness of the world and see Christ there with us, calling us to join Him in turning darkness into light. Our world knows the darkness. Our world perpetrates the darkness. But we know the power of Christ. We know the calling to be part of God's light shining in the darkness. We get it right when we find ourselves in the midst of the darkness and still dare to hope for that which comes next.
1: Jesus asks us to hand over our hesitancy to follow, because we need to follow.
0: When we see the darkness, we seek God's forgiveness and look for the God who transforms the darkness. Amen.